It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to stuff your stocking and stand under the mistletoe, because we are rocking our way back out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason, or as my friends just call me, Jason. Well, we are in November, which means we are just one month away from our favorite time of the year, although I feel like it's already started early. Many of us have already started putting up our trees and going a little crazy, and that's all right. We deserve it. After the year we have had, there is no judgment. Put up that tree whenever you want. Deck those halls. Make those cookies. Eat that fudge. Do what you gotta does. It is Okay. In this episode, we take a look at where my favorite holiday tradition of white elephant gift giving originated. We're going to check in on Christmas Carol, head back to the kitchen where Mrs. Claus has a sweet treat for those guests with bad breath, get some gift ideas from Ned, and determine if Christmas Comes to Packland is a classic or not so classic Christmas special. So let's get on with the show and start things off right away with our festive fun fact. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. You've decided to participate in a white elephant gift exchange. What is that, you ask? A white elephant gift exchange is a popular Christmas event where people vie to walk away with the best present. Let's visit our merry gifters now and learn the basic rules. One of my favorite Christmas party games is the White Elephant Gift Exchange. We've been doing it in my family and at all of my friends' parties for decades. It's become one of America's favorite party customs. In fact, most Americans actually call the game White Elephant, but in New England, it's called Yankee Swap, and in the South, it's called Dirty Santa. Which, if you've been to some of the parties that I've been to, that name is truly perfect because my friends can be a little gross. But really, where the term came from and how this gift exchange became so popular is a pretty interesting story itself. There are several ideas, really, on how this tradition started. The first is in Buddhist mythology. It's said that Buddha's mother was presented a white lotus flower by a white elephant the night she gave birth, establishing the holiness of a white elephant in Southeast Asian culture. Now, white elephants went on to become gifts of extremely high honor among people of importance. However, because of how holy they became, white elephants were then forbidden from doing any kind of work or manual labor. So basically, you got this really cool thing that takes a lot of work to take care of, but doesn't really do anything in return. It kind of makes me wonder if this was the prelude to that always bought but never really works. Chia pet? I don't know. It's just my thought. Another idea comes from the practice of the King of Siam, which is now Thailand, giving rare albino elephants to high officials who displeased him so that they might be ruined by the animal's upkeep and costs. So really, there's a lot of people that truly believe that's what happened. There's some research out there that argues that the King of Siam ever would give out such a rare gift as a white elephant. The idea of of these swap parties actually kind of started around 1901, when Kentucky's Hartford Herald published an article describing a gift exchange 
with four or five little bundles wrapped up so that no one else can suspect the contents. And many people began giving away prizes for bringing the most absurd gifts possible. Then about six years later, thanks to a joke published in Nebraska's The Columbus Journal, things really started to ramp up and take off. The joke was this. A shocking thing happened in one of our nearby towns. One of the popular society women announced a white elephant party. Every guest was to bring something she could not find any use for, and yet too good to throw away. Nine out of the eleven women invited brought their husbands. So that joke which I think is horrible, but whatever. That joke was later published in newspapers across the country. And then uh, in 1908, that's when society pages in newspapers started publishing actual notices for white elephant parties, where attendees were encouraged to make gifts of objects they wanted to get rid of, which truly then began the tradition with more and more people taking over or taking part in this for over a hundred years. So white elephant has been around my gosh, way longer than I ever imagined. I just assumed it was something that came out in the 80s. So rules can vary from party to party. Um, if you actually need help, there is a white elephant website that you can go to. It's called whiteelephantrules.com. And it has all kinds of white elephant games, the rules for the games, variations. It even has some cheap gift ideas. You know, at my parties, we only have three rules. One, you can't buy anything new. It needs to be something from your home that you no longer want because we don't want people spending money. Two, we always allow stealing of gifts before they're unwrapped because it's way funnier to watch people fight over what they assume is going to be something amazing that turns out to be a broken lampshade. And three, we always give out a prize for the best wrapped gift and for the actual best gift together. So um, there's two prizes I like to give out every year because it encourages my friends to really think out of the box. Not that they need any help with that because like I said before, they can get a little dirty, they can get a little gross. Um, we have had some really weird things given in the past, including molds of someone's teeth, used contacts. Not kidding, it was so gross. Um, <clears throat> adult uh, personal products. That's what we'll say. Lots and lots of adult personal products, horrible artwork, furniture, old packages of food, broken kids' toys. Uh, one year, someone actually collected all of the items they had previously won in the past five years and wrapped them all in one box and gave all of that stuff back, which is actually pretty funny because we all started to recognize things that we had given. As for decorating, they really do go all out to hide what the item actually is. I mean, we, I, I do see people spending money on like gorgeous gift bags, wrapping paper that is insane, covered with tons of glitter, um, dirty wrapping paper, used wrapping paper, wrapping paper that doesn't match other wrapping paper that's used for the gift. One year, my friend Mindy won because she used her old, I'm not kidding, she used her old Halloween jack-o'-lantern that she had carved uh it had not rotted all the way through yet it was still pretty okay i guess i don't know how this happened but it was she actually <laughs> taped the lid on to the jack-o'-lantern and put the gift inside uh it was pretty funny and gross at the same time but it was really creative i always love to give out prizes as well for being the most creative with your gift or being the most creative with your your packaging and so 
in the past, I used to give out like things that reminded my my party guests of me, things like different Christmas specials or Christmas music, something Christmas related. And then one year, I really just realized my friends just wanted liquor. So I would go and buy these little baskets full of liquor that, you know, probably cost me 20 bucks. And that became the go-to item. Everybody wants the bucket of liquor every year. So um, it's become such a staple at our events that I'm honestly afraid that if I were to not do it, people would lose their minds and riot. I'd love to hear some of the best or worst gifts you've received during a white elephant gift exchange. So please send us an email at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leaving a short 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. Get out your glue gun and Christmas ornaments. It's time for our favorite crafting Christmas drag queen from up north who always puts the mess in Christmas. It's time for Christmas Carol. OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol, your messy Christmas queen, don't you know? Listen, look, I was going to do a show today all about, you know, buying yourself some brown pants and a vest and decoupage and some feathers to show up at Thanksgiving as a turkey. But, you know, Thanksgiving seems like it's going to be a lot different this year. You know, I actually got an email from listener Ethan, and Ethan said, Hey, Carol. We're having a smaller Thanksgiving this year because of COVID. Do you have any ideas to help us keep the mood light? Well, you bet your cute little tuckus I do, Ethian. First off, you should play some games. I don't know why, but in our family, we always play games on Thanksgiving. So, you know, personally, nothing says a family holiday like drunk Aunt Mallory getting upset because she landed on Bardwalk and Monopoly and going bankrupt and then throwing a board up in the air. You know? That's a holiday tradition in our household. You don't have to just play board games, too. You could do charades. That's a game that should be brought back. Or you could play games on your phones. And you're probably like, Carol, we shouldn't be on our phones. It's a holiday. But no, listen, y'all can go out and get the same game and play together. You know, you could play Heads Up or uh, a new game out there is called Among Us where you're trying to kill somebody. That's interesting. But listen, you can play games with your phones and still be in the same room with each other. And uh, there's a lot of game systems out there that can play games like you don't know Jack and stuff like that. Just using your cell phones. And it helps a little bit more with the social distancing. So that's an option. One thing I highly suggest, Ethan, is that everybody gets together and calls your older relatives. You know, and play past the phone around. And everybody take a chance, you know, and just have a conversation with Grandma or Grandpa or Great Aunt Bethany or whoever it's going to be. And bonus points, try to do a video chat. You know, you got that option too. But it, we really want to make sure that we're letting our elderly uh, family members know that we do miss them and that we care about them an awful lot, you know. Um, because this has been a rough year for them too. You know, we were trying to protect them. We want to keep them safe, but we can't always be around them, so... I'm going to let them know that they've been missed. A fun one that I'm always uh, particularly proud of is having a dessert bake-off contest. Yeah. Didn't think about that, did you, Ethian? Have everybody make their own pie. Then vote on the best pie. Listen, there's always room for pie in my stomach, okay? I love a good pie, a pecan or even a pumpkin, you know. Uh, ooh, a chocolate cream pie. Mmm, tasty. 
I know this year has been rough for most of us, you know, being closed off from our our families or losing loved ones and losing jobs. And oh my gosh, there's just been so much of that going on. But I want to say this to all our LGBTQIA plus families, members and allies. If you don't want to attend events with toxic people in your life, don't. You don't have to. Don't put yourself through that this year or any other year. Don't let anybody make you feel guilty either. This year, it's actually the perfect time to make a clean break. Blame it on the COVID. Right? You could just say, oh, it's COVID. I don't want to, you know, I'm going to keep everybody safe. I, I was out in public. Um, you know, instead, do a Thanksgiving with your friends. There's a lot of people that are hosting Friendsgivings, you know, or maybe maybe you've got friends that, you know, don't want to hang out, but they still want to see each other on, on Thanksgiving. Do a virtual Friendsgiving with your friends and supportive loved ones. Listen, you're all amazing people and shame on anyone who doesn't recognize and celebrate that every day in your lives. You should be proud of who you are. And I didn't mean to get on my soapbox. You know, I had a conversation with Jason before and he said, you watch yourself now. Don't you make this into something soapboxy. But it needs to be said, okay? All right. Well, look, it's going to be a short one because right now I got to figure out how to save this turkey costume for next year's Come Goblin and Wobble Drag Show. I don't even know how I'm going to... How do you store decoupage feathers? I don't know. So anyway, I'll see y'all next month. So until then, keep crafting, y'all. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured let us know that it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited you are back in my kitchen with me again. You know, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be the week of Thanksgiving. A time of merriment and food and games and parades and families and Black Friday sales where you push and shove and maim your fellow human beings after having a dinner based on being thankful. Well, you know, that would have been in, we would have been doing those things this year, but unfortunately, with the pandemic, those things aren't happening. You know, they're even asking everyone to limit the number of guests for Thanksgiving dinners, and I, for one, completely agree with that. You know, we've been practicing social distancing here at the North Pole for quite a while, too. Also, I think we've all got that one drunk uncle who's just awful to be around with his horrible views on people who are different so you know that might be the the bright shining light is that you won't have to see that horrible uncle or aunt or really honestly whoever who's going to make you feel bad about yourself around the holidays so that's good that's good so you know sorry uncle ralph we have to social distance you know so you know hey you might still have to uh in some cases, you may still have to see some of those horrible people around the holidays, but you don't have to worry about smelling their horrible breath after baking these fantastic cookies that we're going to make. That's right, we're going to make some cookies today. You know, our treat today, our tasty treat is called Mr. Norwals After Dinner Chocolate Mint Cookies. Mm -hmm. Now, this recipe does make about 40 cookies, so you've got a lot, you know, about 40 or so. It just depends on how big you make your bowls. Um, for your ingredients, 
And don't forget the sherry. We're going to talk about that in a second because mama needs a cup already. Uh, we're going to need a third, uh, I'm sorry, three-fourths cup of butter, one and a half cups of brown sugar, two tablespoons of water, two cups of semi-sweet chocolate chips. Make sure they're the semi-sweet. Two eggs, two and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one and a fourth teaspoons of baking soda, a half a teaspoon of salt, and roughly 40 chocolate-covered thin mint candies. I use Andes. Oh, look at that. I made a little bit of a rhyme. <laughs> anyway, so for your kitchen tools, make sure you got your glass for your sherry, measuring cups and spoons, uh, one medium saucepan, mixing spoons, mixing bowls, plastic wrap, cookie sheets and of course parchment paper for easy cleanup. So you should know, you should really know step one by now. You know, we're going into many episodes and we know that step one, anytime we're in the kitchen with Macy's clothes, step one is to always uncork and pour our glass of sherry. <laughs> it's my favorite part. We get it right to the top of the glass. It just, you know, I don't, again, there's nothing like the first sip of sherry that touches your lips and your tongue. It's absolutely delicious and required. It truly, truly is. Now, um, normally I do a toast. Do your toast. I just want to drink. I mean, cook. I'm here to cook. Um, normally, we would tell you uh, in step two to go ahead and preheat your oven. But in this case, because we're making cookies, we have to make the cookie dough first and give it time to firm up. You like a good firm dough. You know, you just grab it and just firm it up. Um, so anyway... Uh, we need to do that. So what we've got to do first, though, is you're going to get some of your ingredients together and you've got to melt them over the stove uh, on medium heat. OK, so you're going to get your medium sized uh, saucepan and put in your butter, which I've already got going here because, you know, we don't want to wait that long. And then I've got my brown sugar here. We're going to put it all in. So here we go. Let's just get that right in there. Oh. Okay, brown sugar is in. We've got the heat going. We've got to get ready to start stirring it up. But, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. listen to that. That's the sounds of the kitchen. Yes, it is. The sounds of the kitchen. Um, so the next thing we want to do is we've got our brown sugar in there and uh, butter. And then we need to add our two tablespoons of water just to help it stay a little bit more uh, liquidy. You know. So we've got our water. We've got it in the pan there. We're going to stir it up until we've melted everything. Okay. We've got our brown sugar in the melt in here. And we've got to get it nice and hot. Because we, we don't want any real clumps of butter in there, you know. Um, we want to keep it nice and, and liquidy because what we're going to do is we're actually going to make our chocolate 
with the semi-sweet chocolate chips. And to do that, we've got to make sure that we have the butter and the brown sugar all nice and mixed up. Okay, we're going to get them all together, be friends, and you know, it makes a nice little glaze sometimes. So anyway, I think we're almost there. Just stir it and stir it and stir it. Make sure it doesn't stick to the bottom of the pot. You don't want that. Alright, that was quicker than I thought it was going to be. So, we've got that going. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to add our two cups of semi-sweet chocolate chips to the mixture in the pan. Then you've got to take it off of the heat and just let it melt and stir. Now here's the thing though. As soon as you start putting the chocolate chips in there, they're going to start melting pretty quickly. Uh, but you've got to stir it until your chocolate chips are melted. And then what you're going to do is after you've got them all nice and melted with the brown sugar, mind you, the next thing you're going to do is then let it sit for about 10 minutes. Now, it's going to get a little harder to stir because you've got so much more stuff in the pot. So we're going to sit here and keep mixing it and mixing it. You want all those chocolate chips now to be smooth. That's right. You're making kind of a, a kind of a paste almost, you know, but you don't want chunks of chocolate. You want it all to be pretty smooth and then it's starting to get really good now. All right. That going there. And then again, what we're going to do now, loves, is we're going to take a quick break and let that cool for about 10 minutes. So we'll be back in about 10 minutes and uh, we'll start the next segment of the show. All right. And we're back, dear listeners. Thank you. We are back. We've let the mixture cool now. Now comes the, the part where it takes a lot of work. So you got your bowl. You're going to scoop the chocolate mixture into your large bowl. All right. Now it's it looks it almost looks like a thick brownie batter almost you know so you got to get it in there and don't waste any of it my god it can make up to 40 cookies depending on on um, how big you make them so to get it all in there and scrape the bowl you know what it also smells like it smells like making fudge it does it does yeah maybe that's something i could make sometime with you all if you all would like it Mrs. Closehouse has all kinds of recipes for different things, you know, that she can make. So, okay, we've got our, our cookie chocolatey stuff in the bowl. Now, the next thing we've got to do is we've got to put our eggs in there. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure we only do one egg at a time because it's important you mix them up to get, you know, in there individually. So, don't get any shells in there. Nobody wants a shell. Now, listeners, normally I would simply just use my, my mixer. But listen, 
This is going to make too much noise. I've got egg yolk on me. It's got, it's got to make too much noise. So in this case, I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way, like we did while I was growing up as a young girl. So we're just going to mash that egg up and mix it in there with with the batter, you know, just get it get it in there and slosh it around a bit, you know. It'll start making the mixture a little bit um more more runny than what it was. Okay. So I've got the first egg in. Now I'm going to do the second egg. Again, we don't want any shells, so please be careful. I don't want no shells in my cookies. It's a little tune I wrote called No Shells in My Cookies. Alright, I got the second egg in there. And oh, it's making it, yes, okay. It's making it very much easier to stir because we've got that extra consistency in there, you know. Okay, alright. So now what we've got to do is we're slowly going to combine all of our dry ingredients into the mixture, okay? So now comes the part that some people take forever with. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do, right? So here's the deal. I'm slowly mixing these powder ingredients, all right? Because you don't want to mess. So, you know, maybe mix in a little bit of the flour, which is what I'm doing. I do about a third of the bowl each time. It's just a little bit easier. And then mix in a little bit of the baking soda and a little bit of your salt. And then I start mixing together and just kind of, you're gonna, good God, there's flour everywhere. All right, this is why you don't use a mixer either. So, you know, it's gonna take a bit of time doing it the old fashioned way, but that's all right. So we're going to make things happen. So what we're doing now by adding the flour though, is <coughs> I got flour up my nose is we're starting to make our dough for the cookies. Yeah. Starting to make the dough. All right. And then after your first third of all the dry ingredients are mixed in there, you can go ahead and start adding a little bit more. So, you know, another third of the bowl. There we go. That's a third of the flour. A little bit more of the salt. A little bit more of the baking soda. Alright, here we go. Jeez, there's so much flare. I'm trying to stir, but I really miss my, my mixer. But, you know, back when I was a little girl, this is how we would do it. We would just sit there and we would tell stories and just start mixing everything together and your arms would get tired, and my mother would always say to me, Mary Elizabeth, don't you start, don't you start wasting time now. Keep stirring. You wanted those cookies for your birthday. So, you know. All right. Second third is in. We're going to go ahead and finish putting the rest of the dry ingredients in now with our salt and our flour and our baking soda and give it a couple good stirs and get that in there. You know, 
just in case you've never made cookies before, listen, this is going to start getting harder to stir because you're making it into an actual dough. All right, you make it into an actual dough. If you do use electric mixer, you know, because you're one of those fancy girls. <laughs> uh, make sure you're doing it on a decent setting so that you don't get, ooh, you don't get your flour all over the place. We are going to have a messy kitchen today, which is great because I've got a couple of elf helpers coming in here to really help me get these cookies done. Oh, so hard to stir. I feel like I'm going to break my spoon. I'm going to need a whole glass of sherry after this. <laughs> All right. Well, once you've got it, yeah, that's good. Once you've got it good and mixed, the next thing you've got to do is cover it and we're going to have to refrigerate it for at least an hour. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's quick to make when you do it, but it takes a while for it to, um, for the dough to, you know, set. So just be, be careful with that. And, uh, you know, I hate plastic wrap, I'm not gonna lie, but we'll put it on and we're going to put it in the fridge for an hour. So, um, give me one moment. That's a lot of work. Whew. All right. So, now I get to battle the plastic wrap, which is a great invention when it works. But, you know, anybody who's ever been in the kitchen and dealt with plastic wrap, you know that it is a pain. So, all right. I've got it covered. I'm going to put it here in my refrigerator. All right, we'll set our timer now for 60 minutes so that, you know, we're good to go. Um, during this time now is a good time to start cleaning up for the next stage in the, uh, the, the process. So first, um, you should go ahead and get your oven. Now, it depends on how long it takes your oven. If you've got an older oven and you've got a newer one, just depends on how long it takes you to actually get it preheated. But you could use this time right now to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. So that, uh, you know, whew, mama needs a glass of sherry, whew. All right, she's also a bit out of shape, apparently. So, anyway, uh, you can use this time to start on that. Also, it's not a bad time to start preparing on your candies uh, as well. You know, so you can start unwrapping them. And, oh, don't forget, go ahead and line your cookie sheets with your um, uh, parchment paper to help you with the transition. Mitzi, every time, every time I try to get to this cabinet, Mitzi, Every time. I'm looking right at you. It's you. Put the pans back. So anyway, you could use this time to start unwrapping your candies. If you chose to do the Andes. The way that I did. You don't have to, you know, but. Um, oh, it smells so wonderful when you first open up a package of, of the mint, doesn't it? Oh my God, it's so fragrant. Whew. So I thought... Interesting. I thought that it would be fun 
if I told you where this recipe came from while I was prepping my chocolates, I mean, we're not going to talk for an hour. God knows, the whole show would be over. But I thought it would be a good time to talk about where this recipe came from. So, you know, it's a, it's a charming little story. Now, Mr. Norwal has been a friend of the clauses since Santa became Santa. You know, we actually met him crossing the ocean on our way to deliver some toys to the children of Greenland and Canada. Mm-hmm. Our ship. Now, listen, we are on a boat, all right? This is where, this is so many, 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 many years before we got to flying reindeer and uh, sleigh, all right? So don't be, don't be, don't be like, oh, Mrs. Claus, are you spinning a tail? No, I'm telling you the truth. We didn't have that yet. We haven't got there yet with our with our magic powers. So we got caught in some icy waters. And here's the thing. We were worried. We said, what were we going to do? I remember looking at Santa saying, listen, we're going to turn back. And he said, Mary Elizabeth, what about the children? The children of Canada and Greenland deserve presents from, from Santa Claus, a.k.a. St. Nicholas, because that's what he was called back then. Or Sinterklaas, depending. But anyway, so we're sitting there worried and we all of a sudden we heard a voice in the water below and it said, Hey there, do you folks need some help? Well, we looked down and there was the most majestic water creature we had ever seen. It was a giant narwhal. A giant narwhal. Now, a narwhal is a whale who has a giant tusk that grows through its upper lip. Mm-hmm. They're called the unicorns of the sea. And they are beautiful. So anyway, you know, if you want to learn more about narwhals, and you should, go, go look them up online. Learn about narwhals. They're becoming extinct, and it's very sad. So Santa told this narwhal, whose name we later learned was Mr. Narwhal, um, that we needed help to deliver toys to children in Greenland and Canada, and we were stuck in this water, and we were getting worried. And Mr. Norwell said, oh, I can definitely... Oh, let me... Hold on. I'll let him tell it. I can definitely help with that. So he led us through and took us right to a safe port where we were able to get off the ship and, of course, deliver our treats to the children of Canada and Greenland. So, you're probably like, all right, well, where does this recipe come in on? Well, that's the thing. So, Mr. Narwhal ended up staying with us for many, 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 many years. In fact, he's still here now. Something you may not know is once Santa has a friend, once Santa meets someone, um, they suddenly become part of his magic. It's interesting. We've all had it happen. Every one of us, we start to live and live and live and live and live. And many of us have been around for, for eons. So, eventually, um, then Mr. Norwell came back and said, you know, I'd like to join you permanently. And so, <clears throat> he followed us back to our, our home across the sea. And then eventually, he uh, decided to follow us toward the North Pole. And he actually has a very important job. He's in charge of our super secret seaport. 
Mm-hmm. I bet you didn't know we had one, but we do. He That's his job. His job is to monitor the incoming traffic with the ships and things because... You know, we have to have supplies delivered to the North Pole. We really do. And we've got to be secret about it because there's a lot of nosy Nellies out there trying to figure out where we are. But, so Mr. Narwhal's job is to let us know if anything crazy is happening and also uh, to help guide all the ships in that bring us our supplies. So one particular uh, delivery happened where I accompanied our warehouse elf, uh, Charles... Uh, Charles is in charge of the um, of the warehouse, <clears throat> amongst other things, because his name is Charles. Um, anyway, and um, so I was wanting to get to the warehouse because we are getting in a new shipment of spices from uh, from around the world that I was very excited about trying to cook with, and I met a very famous sea captain. I'm not going to tell you his name because. You know, if you're going to talk about somebody in a negative way, sometimes you shouldn't name who they are, okay? So, I met this sea captain, and he was very excited to be allowed in the port and everything. And, you know, he... How do I put this? His breath was the worst I'd ever encountered. You know, it smelled worse than a dumpster behind an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet on a hundred-degree day. It was pretty rank. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I want you all to understand uh, it was not a pleasant breath. And he insisted that we join him for dinner that night. But his only request was that I, he said, uh, you know, please, Mrs. Claus, bring one of your famous desserts. And I was like, Great. And he goes, I can't wait. You're going to sit right next to me through the whole meal and we'll talk about cooking. And I thought, oh, good Lord. With that breath, what am I going to do? I can't wear nose plugs. That would be rude. So I went out and I took a little walk along the pier. And there popped up Mr. Norwal. And he said, you know, I looked at him and I said, I bet you know a thing or two about fishy breath, don't you? And he chuckled. And I asked him if he had any ideas about what I could make. And he said, you know, Mrs. Claus, I always ask the elf, Charles, to leave me a couple mint leaves uh, whenever you get a fresh shipment in on the shore. And I always make sure I have a mint leaf uh, after my dinner. And I thought, hmm... Okay, a mint leaf, all right. And he said, you know, but he also leaves me some chocolate cookies every now and then too. And I thought, well, that's interesting. What if I could make a cookie that had a minty aftertaste for it? So I got back to my kitchen and I started working and I put my spoon to my bowl and I came up with this delicious cookie, but added a minty twist at the end. And I gave him to the sea captain and said, you know, this, this, this is one time I think you should have dessert before the meal. Which is a nice way of saying, eat the cookie because your breath is awful. And, you know, he ate them and said, oh, my God, these are the best cookies I've ever had. Thank you so much. I'd really love if you could make some for my next voyage. And I said, sure. And as I was leaving from dinner, one of the crew said, Mrs. Claus, thank you so much. His breath has never smelled better. And I thought, well, that's very nice. So, you know. We wanted to, to, to say, okay, great, we'll do that. And so whenever he comes into port, uh, we always make sure I've got a batch of the cookies ready for him and his crew. But here's something important. 
We wanted to tell you that we wanted to thank Mr. Narwhal for his hard work. So we helped him get a small voice cameo on the movie. We did. It was a movie, Elf. Yes. Have you all seen Elf? It's a wonderful motion picture. It is. Uh, you're probably aren't going to ask me, is Buddy real? Well, of course he is, silly. And so is Santa and so am I. And anyway, we wanted Mr. Norwal to get his debut. So he was, he had one line in the film. <laughs> Hope you find your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. Bye. Oh, give him an Oscar. He was wonderful, wasn't he? So cute. Such a good guy. Anyway, we're going to take a break and let the dough rise. Or really just fat him up. I don't think it's going to rise. It's just going to fat him up. Um, so make sure during this time you preheat your oven to 350 degrees. I'll be back in about 50 minutes to chat with you. I'm going to have a couple glasses of sherry because I'm not going to lie, that stirring really took it out of me. Be back soon. We're back. That hour just flew by, didn't it? You know, I was just reading my newest issue of Elf Management Monthly and Sipping Sherry. <sighs> well, you know, back to the kitchen, they say. So we've got to roll the cookies into walnut-sized bowls and place them about two inches apart on our cookie sheets. And you don't want to forget that parchment paper. I promise you, it'll make things a lot easier for you when you are taking the cookies off after we've baked them. So it's gonna take a bit of time to roll out all the cookies, you know. It's gonna take a bit of time to get them all uh, circled up, if you will. So as you're rolling your balls in your hands, you know, don't forget that you've got to make these cookies nice and fun shaped, you know. And uh, you're gonna bake them now for about eight to 10 minutes, yeah? So uh, if you want, you know, you go ahead and start rolling your balls and uh, we'll see uh, how many cookies you can make. Remember this recipe can make up to about 30 cookies. So, you know, it'll be good, yeah? Well, you don't want to sit here and listen to me roll my, roll my balls around the whole time. So we're going to take another very quick break. By the time we'll come back, we'll have baked cookies. So remember, walnut-sized balls, and uh, you're going to bake them for about 8 to 10 minutes, and life will be great. And then we've only got one more step after this. Remember, two inches apart, okay? You don't want to get them stuck together. And the dough's gonna feel kind of weird, but it's all nice and firmed. Like I said, it's like making fudge. So, all right, we'll see you all in just a few more moments. We are back. I've had another glass of sherry, so life is great. 
We're about to pull our cookies out of the oven. We let them bake for 10 minutes. Um, they smell heavenly. Now this part's important. We got to be very careful, all right? So what I like to do is I keep the, the cookies in the actual oven, but I pull out the rack. I've got a little rack grabby thing. <clears throat> and then what you got to do is you're going to take your Andy's mints or whichever you chose to use and you place them on top of the cookies. Now, depending on the size of your cookies, you may want to uh, do a full mint or a half a mint, but it's up to you. And the, the reason we're going quick is that you want the mint to melt on top of your cookie. You do. So what I like to do is just Oh, Jesus. Throw the mint on top of the cookie while they're still kind of near the oven because it's going to help melt the chocolate and the mint, right? And that's what we want because what we're going to do is once they've melted, mm -hmm, once it's melted, we're going to take a spoon and we're going to uh, spare it around a little bit so that what you've got is a nice little chocolate mint topping on top of your cookies. And trust me, it's going to be amazing. So what I like to do after I've got all my chocolate on my cookies that I can do for this batch, because remember, this batch should give you about 40 cookies is I'm going to let it sit in the oven for about one minute. Not much longer than that, all right? I'm going to put it back in there for about a minute to help milk the chocolate melt. And then when we take it out, we'll take a spoon or a spatula or whatever you've got handy, and you just kind of tip the chocolate on the top and smooth it all around. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we've got to let the cookies, um, you know, cool before you eat them. But uh, I promise they're going to taste amazing. We've got about 40 seconds left. So, um, you know, if you want to have a sip, like I'm going to, excuse me. Mm, it's so good. It's so good. It's a celebratory sherry is what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Alright, my oven is getting ready to beep, which means I've got to get these cookies out of the oven now for our final mini last part of the step, which is to smush the chocolates around. So, that's what we're going to do. Because you want to be careful not to over bake your cookies because that is horrible. Then you'll have tough, gross cookies. And nobody wants a gross cookie. They want to taste your delicious delectables that you spent all day. They don't know how long it took you to bake them. But there they are. And we're gonna quickly, before the cookie and the chocolate start to cool, we're going to spread that mint out. Now, when you're doing this with the Andes mints, you might notice you've got chocolate and green cream going around the top. That's all right. That's both the chocolate and the mint. And if you swirl it around, 
it'll start to make a cute little pattern or you can just make it look like a glaze which you've got to go quick you don't want what you don't want is a chunk of candy just sitting on the top no you want it to be smoothed around like a topping you know it could be like your icing in a cake if that's what you want it to be and these don't have to look a hundred percent perfect no we want these cookies to taste great they don't got to look amazing all right if you want them to look amazing that's up to you but you spend the time on that because this busy lady she doesn't got time to always do those things i've got the timer going off right now reminding me i've got other stuff going on all right we have finished with the chocolate holding the top of the cookie and we're going to have to let them cool of course but trust me when i tell you all mrs claus wouldn't fib now she wouldn't fib she is letting you know that once these cookies cool you'll have a delicious chocolatey mint cookie that you can have before or particularly after dinner you know but it's so good they're delicious, they taste great, but they also help you deal with those bad breath smells because sometimes some people you're sitting next to have breath that smells like a ripe old, knock it off. I'm going to stop there and uh, it's time for me to go. So until next time, <laughs> Merry Christmas everyone and happy treat tasting. Join us now for a classic or not so classic Christmas special review. Now it's time for another classic or not so classic Christmas special review with one of my holiday guesty bestie co-hosts. Please welcome a friend of the show and friend of gabbing with Gason, my friend Chuck. Hi Chuck. Hi Jason. Welcome, welcome to this show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You've been on the other one where we talked about uh, classic cartoons, and I think this makes so much sense that you're on this show now, too, to talk about it. So, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, there. so how this works, everybody, is what I do is I give my friends three shows to choose from just on the title alone and chuck i don't think you waited more than five seconds to respond because I, it was like as soon as i sent the text you responded back and for mm -hmm. this episode you chose uh christmas comes to Packland. yes did you watch <laughs> what, what was the show called it was called pac-man back in the day right it was it was called pac-man back in the day i think it was in 1982 uh, was when the show was originally on for two seasons and then they had this uh christmas special um this is why i love chuck because i don't even have to do any background work i have my notes pulled up of when it was <laughs> when it actually was on and you hit it spot on you're like it was in 1982 <laughs> <laughs> was i right you were <laughs> that was just a guess you probably i mean since it's a christmas special probably december yeah, it was December 16th of 1982 is when it premiered okay. on ABC. Um, now, it was okay. created by Hannah uh, Barbera, who, mm -hmm. Chuck, please list three 
because I know you can talk about Hanna-Barbera for like a year. So just list three yes. other shows people would recognize from Hanna-Barbera. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats. My favorite. <laughs> uh, mine too. Uh, Scooby-Doo. Mm. And the Flintstones. Yeah, there we go. Okay. those. Are the, I think Scooby and the Flintstones are probably... And the Jetsons would probably be like the Jetsons. The, the, the mm. three that most people our age would probably know. Would know, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> I sent you a link to watch the show, <laughs> but you watched it a different way. You want to explain what? <laughs> you want to explain how you watched it? <laughs> I watched it on my server. Actually, purchased the movie. Um, it's available from. Can I? Yeah, go ahead and plug. It's available for purchase on the Warner Archive. Um, You can buy the DVD or, I believe, on Amazon. It's available for purchase. You crack me up so much. I love it. (laughs) Um, Thank you. So let me ask this. Was this the first time you've seen the show or had you watched it? The first time you've seen the Christmas special or had you watched it in the past? It's the first time I've seen the Christmas special since it was originally aired. Oh, wow. So you watched it when it first came out. Yes. Yes. I Um, don't remember watching it. I'm going to assume that I did, but I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, I've been. It's funny that uh, that we're talking about this show. I was just talking about it a couple days ago to somebody that I was wanting to see it this year. So, well, I'm glad yeah. I could help you achieve that Christmas goal. Well, thank you. <laughs> I feel like we're probably going to have two different opinions of this show. But <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So I went through and I always like to look at the voice cast just to see if there's anybody mm-hmm. I recognized. And right away, one voice stood out real quick. And I'll talk about why when we get to that part of the show. But it was Peter Cullen who played Mm -hmm. Santa Claus and the Pac-Man's cat, Sourpuss. Um, What do you remember Peter Cullen from, Chuck? Hmm. Do you remember? I do not remember, no. I'm going to blow your mind. (laughs) He was Optimus Prime. Oh, okay. Doesn't it make sense now when you hear Santa talk? It does, yeah. yeah. And then yep, that's... the other one I wanted to point out, who played Chomp Chomp the dog, which, by the way, I have a, an, an, I have an affinity for Chomp Chomp, is <laughs> Frank Welker. And mm-hmm. Frank Welker, I swear, has been around for like a bajillion TV shows. He's mm-hmm. like in everything from the 80s and the 2000s and the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. I recognized his voice because he also played Fred Jones in Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And he was also Megatron. Yes. Soundwave. Yep. Uh, oh, gosh. I knew you'd know. What were the other ones? Um, he did. He was Garfield in that newer version of Garfield, like 2008, I think it was. That's right. Mm-hmm. But he's been around for mm-hmm. a long time, too. Um which is always interesting because when you're watching 80s cartoons, if I feel like there was like 10 people that just kept circling around each project. Hmm. Because there's so many of them that were on so many of the same shows just bouncing around. He was also on the Smurfs. Um, oh, the he Smurfs. was hefty. Um, 
Kiwi and um, which other one? The I forget which one. Poet. The Poet Smurf. Mm. That's one we need to do on this show too is the Smurfs. They had like two Christmas yes. specials, I believe. They did, yeah. Um, well, let's get into the show because I'm interested sure. to hear your thoughts since you were a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't believe that I was. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it starts out on Christmas Eve with Pac-Man and Mrs. Pac-Man, who we find out what's her her name's Pepper, Mrs. Pepper, Pac- yes, Pepper, yeah, Baby mm-hmm. Peck, Chomp Chomp the dog, and Sourpuss the cat are all out making snow ghosts. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of cute. It was cute. I don't know. I, I really don't. I know that I watched the Pac-Man show at some point. I truly don't remember this Christmas special though. Um, hmm. But I definitely don't remember Chomp Chomp and Sourpuss. But I do love me some Chomp no. Chomp because I want that. Dog. I do too. <laughs> so cute. Um, so basically, they're they're making snow ghosts. I guess mm-hmm. to chew on for ba- for baby pack, and mm-hmm. um, they decide to take us a, uh, a toboggan ride, or is it a snowmobile? It's something. It's I don't know what it was. It's like a yeah, some sort of sled. Yeah, and as they're flying down a hill, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it transitions over, and we see the ghosts. And I have to say that mm-hmm. this is my favorite scene <laughs> out of the whole show. <laughs> It was in the first two minutes. <laughs> but it's the ghost singing their version of Jingle Bells, and I did laugh out loud. And uh, I'm going to play that here for everybody. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to jump on Pac-Man every day. But it is, uh, that is my favorite scene. I don't know why. It's so dumb but man it made me laugh because i was like yeah this is there's some <laughs> there's some 80s humor and that's when we learn the names of the ghosts because i didn't know all of their names there's inky blinky pinky sue mm-hmm. and clyde <laughs> did you play that's pac-man correct. when you were a kid i did did you know the names of the ghosts because i think i remember pinky as one of the names of the ghosts but that was it I I had trouble with remembering the names of the ghosts. Well, and I think Sue was specifically created for the cartoon and then went on to a game, I yeah. think. But, yeah. Um, it's, so this is my thing. Inky, Blinky, and Pinky are pretty much the same character, which is a different voice. Uh, mm-hmm. Sue is, I mean, let's be honest, she's kind of a bitch. Um, <laughs> and She looks mean. She does look mean. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then there's Clyde, and Clyde is like their leader in this mm-hmm. show. Um, so the ghosts see the Pack family, and they they chase them until the Pack family like flies over a cliff or something, and then mm-hmm. uh, they go to get some power pellets, which is what I started to remember. That's when I started to remember I'd seen something about Pac Man when I was a kid. They had to eat power pellets because that's how they could chomp on the ghost. And they said the word chomp in this show. I lost count after 30. (laughs) Uh So um, anyway, they Pac-Man notices a box of emergency power pellets, which makes me laugh. 
Uh, but when he goes to get the pellets out, they're empty, and that's when they find out that the ghost actually took the pellets. So -hmm. then Pac-Man decides to throw a bunch of snowballs at the ghost, and the whole family gets involved, which is weird that the baby knows how to make a snowball, because it's a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Inky, which I think is the really dumb one, the really dumb ghost, Inky decides to, like, get back at them, and instead of throwing snowballs, throws power pellets, which, (laughs) whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So then the Pac family eats them, and then they can chomp the ghosts, which is kind of violent for a children's show, Chuck. Yes, especially back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, they eat the ghost, and then that's, then the only thing that's left of the ghost is their eyes, just like in the video game. And then all you see are just floating eyes for all these dead ghosts, which is kind of weird to say dead ghosts, because they're mm. dead already, because they're ghosts. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, but I guess I, I don't remember that either. I remember eating pack pellets. No. That I do remember from the cartoon back in the day, but I don't remember any of this. Maybe it's maybe it was so traumatic as a child that I blocked it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> we follow their eyes up to the sky, and that's where we which see is, Santa. Which is my favorite part coming up. Oh, okay. When Santa's flying with the reindeer. Pick up the pace, Prancer. Faster coming, faster. We're falling behind schedule. When the ghost eyes scare the reindeer. (laughs) That's so dumb. I love it, though. So, yeah, the ghost eyes scare the reindeer. They flip out. I when you first started watching this, what was your first Mm -hmm. thought? Well, my first thought from the beginning, I noticed Santa at had installed a Tandy uh, computer in his sleigh. (laughs) Do you remember that part? Yes. (laughs) Where he kind of flipped open his little Tandy, uh, I don't remember what the Tandys were. They had numbers back in the day, but yeah, his little computer. thought that was interesting. I, here's my note about my first thought. I'm just going to read it out loud. Mm -hmm. I hate Santa's voice. He sounds like Satan and not Santa. (laughs) Yes. Because <laughs> it is literally Optimus Prime voicing Santa, and that is not what I picture Santa to sound like. No. He looked great, though. I will say that Santa's look was perfect. Well drawn. Yes. Very yes. well done. Mm-hmm. Although, when he when he's barefoot later in the show, it was kind of weird, and I didn't like it, but... Um, I think he was drawn perfectly. Like, that is what I would picture Santa as, as a kid. So I think they mm-hmm. captured a child's version of what they, what Santa would look like perfectly. Just not uh-huh. the voice. Not the I, voice. I don't know why you would go with Optimus Prime as the voice of Santa Claus. I, it, he was probably just available that day. Yeah, I feel, I was waiting for him to be like, he was going to call the Autobots. Like, I was like, what's... What? 
And then I had another question. He specifically mm-hmm. calls out Rudolph, and Rudolph plays a part. What reindeer yes. is missing? <laughs> like, what reindeer got replaced? Because there's still only eight reindeer on the show. And normally there's nine if Rudolph is leading, because Rudolph always goes in the front yes. of the pairs. So I know they called out Dancer, and I think he said Dasher and somebody else. But I was like, which reindeer is uh, going to get the shaft here? Hmm. But. I didn't even notice that. Maybe I look for things that make me mad. so chuck's right the ghost eyeballs just fly flow up float up to the to the sleigh and it scares the reindeer so bad as it would any any creature to see Mm -hmm. just literally floating pairs of eyes that's it no bodies nothing it would scare me yeah um Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it throws the sleigh off balance and it causes the sleigh to spiral out of control and then it crashes into to pack land and you see the bag of Santa's toys fall somewhere else in pack land and mm-hmm. then um, I think then the ghosts go home <clears throat> and change clothes which was weird but they mm-hmm. do um, I don't know and then the Pac-Man family and Morris, which is another Pac person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really trying to like, how do you, how do you talk about them? Cause they're not people. <laughs> they're, they're Pac folk. Yes. So, you know, so Morris, who I think is a mechanic, maybe I don't really know. Yes. And then citizens of Pac-Land. Okay. And mm-hmm. then, Officer Opac, which <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's an Irish cop, like <laughs> with a really bad uh-huh. accent, by the way. <clears throat> yes. Um, they see Santa, and they're like, they think he's from Mars, which I love that they know about Mars. That's funny yes. to me, but they don't know who Santa is. <laughs> he explains christmas in a way that takes out any religious aspects whatsoever (laughs) he talks about it's a what does he say it's a time of giving and receiving and i was like wow the adult in me has so many jokes to make about that (laughs) um (laughs) but uh (laughs) um and so they're like okay Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they offer to help him because they're friendly. <laughs> but what I will say that I really appreciated in this, what actually helped me give it another candy cane, is that I appreciate the fact that Santa says something like, I know the whole world and I've never been to Packland. And that the Pack folk don't already have a concept of Christmas. Because a lot Mm -mm. of times when you do some of these shows, like you watch some of these like shows based on a kid's toy line, Mm -hmm. a lot of them have this Christmas already exists in that universe. And you're like, how does Christmas exist here? Who brought it? Mm -hmm. Like you're in a different planet. Like what's happening? And I like the fact that in this one, it was a foreign concept to them. They didn't know what it meant. 
And again, I thought they did an interesting job of explaining it without putting in religion, which I'm not anti-religion. I'm just saying it's interesting that a children's show Mm -hmm. back in the 80s, which notoriously would put religious aspects in, um, Mm -hmm. did not. I was really surprised with that. But I I liked it. I liked it. So Santa goes into the Pack family's house and they make him power pellet cocoa, which honestly sounds like a diuretic to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something you take when you're trying to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. It's just me. Now, did he have his shoes off? He also, did. Was any That's kind where of relaxing? They, they, they wanted him to warm his feet up by the fire, and he yeah. was barefoot. And I love Santa, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see Santa barefoot. It was really weird. No. <laughs> and it wasn't that he was drawn weird. Like, he had the right number of toes, I think. It was just... Mm-hmm. It's like when you pull back the curtain a little bit. Like, I don't want to know about Santa's bare feet. Mm-mm. Keep him in his boots. He's got special mm-hmm. boots to not make his feet cold. It's okay for him to wear those boots. Yeah. So they give him cocoa, and then Mrs. Pac-Man says that she'll help take care of the reindeer. And Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp, the dog, again, my favorite character, who has no lines except mm-hmm. like weird, like this weird Muttley style laughing. Um, <laughs> head out into the cold to search for the bag of toys. Mm-hmm. Then the ghosts come back. They've rejuvenated. They've got their clothes back on, which was weird. And I was very confused how they got changed again, <laughs> but I think I watched it twice and I was like, oh, they actually like float <clears throat> into a dresser and float out. They float in with eyeballs and float out with clothes, which is just weird. So they... They go back out into the forest because I think they are trying to find Pac-Man again because they want to chomp him. want to chomp his bones. And <laughs> they find Santa's sack full of toys and they start playing with the toys, which mm-hmm. was weird, yet oddly charming and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. For a Christmas special, yes. Yeah, I mean, I was like, why are the ghosts playing with toys? They're not kids, I don't think. No. When you watch the original show, did the ghost act like mm-hmm. kids or did they act like adults? To me, they acted like yeah, young adults. Mm. Yeah, not kids. Young adults as in, I'm too old <clears throat> to play with toys right now. Young adults, like 20s maybe? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, they legitly were having a great time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they had they never were. gotten a toy before in their lives. It was so weird. <laughs> so Pac-Man finds them and he sends, mm-hmm. he and Chomp Chomp dig through the ground and steal a sack of toys. And then the ghosts circle Pac-Man in what I can only describe as what I imagine the Donner Party acted like when they were eating each other. <laughs> All these ghosts just, uh-huh. like, attack him, and they were like, chomp his bones. And I was like, stop saying that. <laughs> and they, they bit him. And then Chomp Chomp, though, the <clears throat> dog, manages to get the toys away. And then 
even though the ghost chomped Pac-Man, he still looked like Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Just weak. It was really weird. Yeah. And so then Pac-Man decides to take the toys. He and Chomp Chomp are gonna trunk, you know, struggle on back to to town. Mm-hmm. And then Santa says, uh, you know, it's too late for Christmas. It's too late to go now. His reindeer won't be up for the task. They're too tired. It's too late. This will be his first Christmas in history that he misses. And then Pac-Man, who suddenly wakes up, I guess he rejuvenated by this point, said he knows a way to boost the reindeer's energy levels. So all of the Pac-folk jump Mm -hmm. into a car, which is bizarre, (laughs) and drive off to the Power Pellet Forest with Santa following him in the sleigh and then also run into the ghost. And then... Pac-Man tells the ghost, don't chomp us. And the ghosts are like, of course we're going to chomp you. And then he starts telling the ghost about Christmas and about how many kids will not get presents if they don't save Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then the ghosts start crying. Like this is their moment of of compassion and empathy. And Clyde Mm -hmm. doesn't want to go along with it. Clyde still wants to chomp him. But eventually the other ghosts help convince Clyde to let them pass this time, which was Mm -hmm. cute. It was nice. You know, that they got the spirit. Um, I enjoyed that scene. It doesn't necessarily one of my favorite, but I, it was cute for what it was. Come on, hold it. You can't chomp us. We can. Shucks. And here I thought it was still chomping season. Come back here, ghost brains. We can chomp on Pac-Man all we want. No, wait. We're on an emergency mission. We're the only chance Santa Claus has of saving Christmas. Santa Claus? Christmas? That's right, Christmas. It's a time for spreading joy throughout the world. It's a time for warmth and brotherly love. Does that include ghost brothers? Of course. talking gonna get you out of this mess oh wait you don't understand i'm not doing this for me just think of the millions of deserving children around the world who won't get their christmas presents if you open your mouths instead of your hearts They get to the power pellet forest and the reindeer start chomping on power pellets and start like glowing. And then they grow on trees, right? Yeah, they grow on like um, it looked to me. It reminded me of like orange trees is what they look like. Yeah. 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 So they eat the power pellets and Santa says he's going to get get going and fly away from Pac-Land and he should be able to save Christmas now. So the family arrives back home feeling joyful and they open the door and they realize that Santa made an extra stop and brought them all presents, which was super cute. Like even the pets got presents. Then all of a sudden it cuts to the outside of the house and you see the ghost outside saying, no, we're going to get him now anyway, 
which makes no sense because like less than five minutes before they're like let him go um Mm. so they bust down the door which is just weird you're a ghost why can't you float through it but whatever (laughs) and they get ready to chomp him and pac-man's like santa left you presents too which was so sweet i did like that i thought it was cute Mm-hmm. And then that's where Christmas comes to Packland ends. So, what are your overall mm-hmm. thoughts, Chuck? I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was quirky, unique, and I probably would give it four <gasps> candy canes. Wow. Wow. I think that's probably one of the highest rankings we've had for a show. Huh. Um, I'm going to be honest. On our scale of candy canes, mm-hmm. so we give out one to five, with five being the best, how many rainbow candy canes would you give it? Chuck, you gave it four. I gave it mm-hmm. a three mm-hmm. because I thought it was cute. And, again, I gave it that bonus star because I didn't hate mm-hmm. it. I didn't hate it. It lost points because mm-hmm. Santa sounds like Satan, but <laughs> I love the fact that they didn't automatically know what Christmas was and they didn't know who Santa was. It, it was very unique. Mm-hmm. It wasn't your typical holiday story where you're like, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, I've heard this story before somewhere told somewhere else. Yeah, I would agree. I agree. I agree. Um. Did you notice any, like, gay characters or hidden gay characters or any kind of, like, elements for our community in the special at all? I looked and looked, and I did not see one. Yeah, I'm the (laughs) same way. I said maybe Blinky the ghost because he's Mm -hmm. really good at accessorizing his clothing, which is... He is. I mean, that's really stereotypic phrase but I didn't see anything you know like when Sarah and I watched Deck the Halls with Wacky Walls there were clearly some some LGBT characters in that but in this one it didn't seem mm. like it um, again maybe again maybe one of the ghosts was supposed to be but it just didn't come across in the way that maybe they intended but mm-hmm. so here comes our, our most important question Chuck mm-hmm do you feel this is a classic or not so classic Christmas special? Meaning, would you watch this year after year and add this to your rotation? Now that I've revisited it from when I was younger, I probably would. Look at that. I don't know if I would like, I probably would have it on in the background. Okay. Like when I was vacuuming. <laughs> what a no, it was review. it was <laughs> while I was vacuuming. Um, no, I would, I would, uh, I would definitely watch it again. Yeah. Next year. As I was talking about it, my first my my first thing that I made a note was I said no because I hate Santa. As I wrote it here, I wrote no because I hate Satan Santa's voice. But. Mm, mm-hmm. I did smile quite a few times during it. I did chuckle and I love the ghost singing and I wish they would have had a full on. I wish there would have been musical numbers in this special. I think that would have put it over the top for me. 
Um, would I watch this again? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. But I like your idea of it's something in the background. Like, I would put this on while I'm decorating. Because you don't have to pay that much attention yeah. to it, but it's, like, there. Ah, I yep. am torn whether or not I would call this a classic Christmas special or not, though. Because to me, a classic special is something I'm going to sit down, stop what I'm doing, and watch it. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm really torn. I'm really torn on this one. I like See, the idea I... of, of having it on in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is... For most Christmas classics that I like, that's usually what I do when I'm like decorating the house. I'll have it on. Yeah. And then kind of glance over, you know, while I'm doing that. Chuck, I think we, I, was, I think we might have our first mm-hmm. ever classic Christmas special. None of the other specials hmm. we've watched on the show have been considered classics. Hmm. So I wonder if hmm. would it be considered would it be considered a classic for someone who uh, was younger in age that didn't grow up with Pac-Man? I wonder if it would have the I, same. I don't think so. I think we have mm-hmm. a nostalgia factor with it. Mm-hmm. I'd be very curious. Um, you know what I should do is I should reach out to. Uh, Tiffany, who has a son, who's about the right mm-hmm. age for this, just to see if he would sit through it. I wonder. I will. I'll. I'll put that challenge out there. We won't I also get an answer it was in- on the show, but you know. Um, I also thought. I also thought it was interesting that they didn't have a moral to the story at the end, like Masters of the Universe did, and some of these other shows. Yeah, that was a big '80s trope back then. Yeah. Everything had some type of let's bring it all together. Um, Because even when Pac-Man tried to convince the ghost to let them pass, he used the fact Mm -hmm. that the kids weren't going to get presents. And to me, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not really a a moral moment. It's kind of like, hey, if you don't get out of the way, they can't unwrap cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Versus... Santa's explanation of giving and receiving. I don't know. I think you're right, though. I would play this in the background while I'm decorating or something. I still can't. Yeah. Just, I just can't call it a classic. I don't know. I'm going to him and haw on this forever. And this is this is a, a show where I can't make that choice. Now I've got to make a choice. I here's what I'm going to say. I wasn't mm-hmm. offended by any of the humor, which is good. No. Um, I wish that the ghost had more distinct personalities instead of just voices, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the fact that, again, they didn't, they did, you didn't just shoehorn what Christmas is, that they already knew about it. You didn't tell, you, you know, they didn't already know about Santa. Um, I love the fact that they did in the 80s a Christmas special without mentioning any type of religion, which just blows my mind. So, mm-hmm. Chuck, I'm going to go on this one. I'm going to go with you and say that uh, it's a classic special I would play in the background. However, I don't think it's a classic special I would sit down and actually watch. Hmm. That's what I think. I don't know. 
I would love to hear our listeners' opinions. So uh, you can actually watch mm-hmm. it on YouTube. There's a couple of weird ways to watch it on YouTube, but you can watch it on YouTube. Shoot us an email at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leave us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keeping the yuletide gay and uh let us know what you thought and we will uh we'll play those voicemails or read your email on the show at a later date well this is amazing because that wraps up another classic or not so classic christmas special huge thanks to chuck uh, thank you watching it and buying it and that just makes me adore you even more um, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I still think Chuck and I should do a cartoon podcast. We're going to talk about it more. Um, Definitely. So one final thing, Chuck, I know this is the week mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving, but I don't think it's ever too early to say, Chuck, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks, buddy. Merry we'll see Christmas you next time. You. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Take care. Bye. Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's now time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant gift suggestions. I'm sorry if anyone gets offended. Hi! I'm Naughty Ned. Santa's number 
our toys in the morning and then going to grandma's house in St. Louis. Well, that wraps up this month's episode of the show. Links for whiteelephantrules.com and Ned's items are in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, and follow to stay up to date on all new episodes of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Owltail, Audio Junkie, ListenNotes.com, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. I hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. The first Noel, Oh Christmas Tree, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night, the Disco Edition are provided by freexmasmp3.com.